Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Welcome to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. As always, we love having you here and we love talking about our Catholic faith, our spiritual health, our mental health, and our physical health, because it's all happening at the same time. Today's show is going to be a very, very special show. I have with me today a special guest. It's my wife, um, Ashley. So Ashley, say hi to our listeners, please. Hi. Um, Today, we really want to talk about something uh, uh, special. We want to talk about the family, and we want to talk about making a family, a new family. What does that mean in society, and how does that affect us as Catholics? But as every show, let's start off with a prayer. And since we are Virgin Most Powerful Radio, let's start off with a Hail Mary. And we'll say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the the Son, and of the the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Well, Ashley, you know, uh, when I asked you to do the show, what what did you think? What, what, what What was going through your mind? Well, a little nervous, got to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that this would be a good topic because we have been very, very lucky and we have just welcomed our fourth child into our family. Um, and it's been an interesting road, I got to say, because as you know, as a family, and these, I, I speak for myself, I don't speak for my wife, so I want to hear your opinion for sure. Um, but it's interesting because I guess we think about different things as we think about welcoming a new child into the family. Um, on my end of things, of course, I think about, gosh, what are we going to do in terms of being able to have the finances? for the child. What does this mean? I want to make sure that they can go to Catholic school. I want to make sure that we can provide for all these things. But it's interesting because once our, our son was born, and our son's name is uh, Matthew Joseph, uh, once our son is was born, um, all that kind of goes away for me. It's, it's just kind of like we have another member of the family, and I feel a lot of peace. How's, what's it been like for you? I have to say it's definitely felt very peaceful, um, which is odd, I guess, considering the time that we're in right now with COVID and everything, but I really feel that with this addition, I was worried having three girls um, already and bringing a new baby in, um, you know, how it was going to change the family dynamic, were the girls going to be okay with it, was, you know, were we going to be able to have the time for everybody, get everything done, meet everybody's needs, all these things, um, you know, that you you lay at, at night and awake worrying about before, you know, the baby comes, but I have to say, since he's come, everything has just felt so much more peaceful. He's He feels like he's always been here. Um, in a way, not a new addition. He feels like, oh, it's Matthew here. He is. And, he, you know, he just fits into the family so much. And it's like, why, you know, I have to tell myself, why were you even worried in the first place? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because it feels like, like he was always supposed to be. Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting nuance because... Most people say, oh, it's a new addition or whatnot. But within our family dynamic, it doesn't feel like somebody new, so to speak. It just feels like somebody who's kind of mm-hmm. supposed to be there. And it's only been a couple of weeks. And it feels like, gosh, he's he's just kind of here. Like, that's the way it is. Um, that is interesting to note. Um, interesting, though, because you come from a smaller family. There were you. It was you and your sister. Yes. For me, we I, I was one of five. So for me, it's like having four um, kind of feels like home. You know, it feels like 
part of what, what we're doing and get started. But you mentioned something very important and something that um, might be ring true to our listeners. And that's that, you know, gosh, you said, especially having a child in these times, you, you know, this is an interesting time that we're in. Uh, right now, there's a whole lot of quarantine, a whole lot of talk about politics. So it seems like a whole lot of chaos out there in society. Um, what were your thoughts about that in terms of, of, you know, having another child? Why have another child during this time? Well, interestingly enough, um, having a child during the time of COVID wasn't really something that I thought too much about because it it's not so much the state of the world that matters, but the state of our spirituality. And if we wait for the perfect political climate or the perfect any type of climate in the world, um, perfect financial situation, perfect anything, we're never going to get there. And it, it's it's a really honestly just about trusting God's plan for us um, and our family. That's how, I mean, I can't speak for you again, but that's kind of how I felt that, you know, it didn't matter what was going on outside. What matters was going on in our family. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting because we didn't plan this with the idea of the pandemic. We found out that we were pregnant before there was even any talk of a, of a pandemic or a shutdown or anything like that. We were very happy. And it wasn't like we said, gosh, well, maybe we shouldn't have another kid just in case there is some kind of disaster in the world because you can't foresee that. So there never really is a good time to to plan it, shall we say. I know a lot of people do, and I'm not just, you know saying that it's wrong or anything. But a lot of people have their own um, uh, each family has their own way of, of having a family and they know their situation best. But it's one of those things that for us, when I get asked that, because a lot of people, as soon as they found out we were pregnant, you know, and, and then this quarantine started and we were, and we had just found out, um, a lot of people were kind of like, oh my goodness, what are you going to do? What if, um, the baby gets sick? What if your wife gets sick? We don't know anything about this virus. And I, but the only reply I could give him was, you know, I give it to God because I don't know either. I, I see it as God gave us a gift. Um, and another addition to the family. And we just kind of have to roll with the faith at that point um, and just see it as a blessing from God and, and see what he has coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, it is interesting, though, because I think a lot of people feel a lot of stress. Personally, for me, though, during this time of stress, and I'm not going to say that it's not, not stressful. I'm not going to paint it rosy pink. But what I do realize is that during this time of stress, it's been great to count this. What a great blessing. This has been a huge silver lining that not only do I see the addition of a new child as a blessing, it's really opened up my eyes personally to see the rest of the blessings in, in our lives, you know, because we see this and we're like, it's a very obvious blessing. It's very, you know, everybody's always happy to carry the baby or look at the baby or wants to see a new baby. That's just kind of what goes with it. We always assume a new baby with happiness in our Catholic families, hopefully. Um, but for me, it's been the, an, a door opening up. Gosh, look at all the other blessings. And, and now, not only the, the blessings that we have, you know, together and, and with extended family or whatnot, but now it kind of I, I personally see each of our three girls a little bit differently, even as more of a blessing in, in their own right, just as I see them trying to even interact with Matthew. What do you think? I think it's definitely... Um brought out maturity in all three of the other girls and they're taking a sense of of I don't want to say ownership but more responsibility for a new life in the family and that we are a unit a family is a unit it's not only mom's responsibility to do something only dad's responsibility or well we're the siblings so we don't have to care for the other member of the family i feel like with each new addition it gives everybody a new sense of a community within the family and helping each other and always um, being there for one another in, in different roles and in different ways. And just in the two weeks, I've seen that growth in the girls for sure. Yeah. And you know, what was fun to see, you know, as, as we told them that we were going to have a, 
a new addition to the family and that they were going to have a new sibling. It was fun to see, you know, there, there's been ups and downs, you know, some there's been mixed feelings, shall we say, but it was fun to see them really want to be the favorite sister or take ownership or talk about how they're going to take care of them or already planning on what diapers there's going to be. I remember going to the store and, and one of our daughters was kind of questioning, gosh, are you still going to love me? Are you going to love him more? Because you seem to be talking about him a lot, which is natural, right? So yeah. you got a new baby. We got to prepare. We got to talk about him. But it was really fun to see her want to pick out a blanket for him or a toy for him or something that was going to be special from her to him. Uh, did, did you get any of that from the girls or no? I did. Um, you know, definitely the feeling of I want him to know that I love him and I want him to, to think that I'm special and, you know, the, to be part of the group. Um, you know, it, it, I noticed that it is definitely um, a big deal for the, the children to be just as included in the welcoming of the new life as the parents. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because one of my friends who uh, he had, uh, he came from a, a larger family and he'd always wanted a larger family. When he got married, unfortunately, they were able to have one child, but that was uh, his wife wasn't able to carry more children. And he's always kind of felt bad about that. He's always felt a, a little bit of a burden about that um, because he always imagined that his house would be filled with kids and just running around. He's so fun and jovial and childlike himself. Uh, and he was asking me one time. He said, you know, as you have more children, because that's not his experience, but he said, as you have more than one child, he said, how does, how does love work for you? Like, do you love one more than the other? I think that when we have siblings, we're always wondering who's, who's the favorite, right? Who's mom's favorite, who's dad's favorite, and you love him more, you love them more. And I remember our parents would always, uh, our, our mom in particular, we would always say, oh, you, you know, she's your favorite, she's the favorite daughter. And we all knew that was, that was a fact, hands down. There was no question about that. But our mom would always say, no, 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 no. And the analogy she used was, she said, each of you is like a finger on my hand. She said, if you ask me to get rid of one of my fingers, how can I get rid of it? They're all different. They're all in different places, and but they're all part of my hand. I can't possibly get one, get rid of one or the other. And I said, oh, come on, mom. You probably don't need your pinky finger as much, right? Right? And she said, no, 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 no. I, like, I love them all. Um, and the interesting thing for me is when I told my friend this, because he said, how does it work? How does, how does love expand? Now I understand a little bit more. Um, in a way, it's kind of like, I don't know that love expands. It's kind of like love just is and, and everything fits into love. Um, I can't say that I love more. I just have another person to love within within the, the spectrum of the family. Um, I, I can't say that I grew another another level of love per se, but I guess I, what I would say is I added to the love that we already have. What do you think? What, what's your experience? No, I think so. And I think it's also a, a mirror of how God loves each one of us is all of his children, too. You know, when there's as soon as another one is born, as soon as another one he creates, you know, we there is no different level of love. It's just the love keeps multiplying and expanding. Yeah. And, you know, and if you were to ask me, do I have a favorite? Well, of course I do not, <laughs> um, is what I have to say. But what I will say is this. I don't know that I have a favorite, but I can appreciate now how I can relate to each of the kids differently. Because what what that means to me, you know, and some people might say, oh, so you're going to treat your kids differently. Not necessarily differently. I, I can appreciate their individuality. Because even within a family, we keep saying we're one family unit. But I can appreciate their individuality. They each have their own characteristics, their own style of being. So I can relate to some better than the other. You know, we're going to keep talking about uh, families when we come back from the break. We're going to keep talking about kids um, and really what it's like to have a large family within the, in our current society while keeping that within the, the confines of our Catholic faith. More to come back from the break. 
All right. Well, welcome back to the clinic. As always, here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, this is Dr. Sandoval coming to you today with my special guest, my wife, Ashley. And today we're talking about spiritual families and not, not just spiritual family. I should say the Catholic spirituality of a family. We're talking about enlarging your family, having a family. What does it mean to have a Catholic family? And for those of you who are just tuning in, we've been talking a little bit about this, mostly because we just had our fourth child. And really what that, what that means for our family, what, what that means in terms of uh, expanding our family, because a lot of times people say, geez, Dr. Sandoval, how can, you know, are you going to stop? What's going on? You know, different people out there, they might not be used to uh, larger families. And, and other people that I talk to within our Catholic circles, all of a sudden, um, some of them might say, gosh, you guys are just getting started. <laughs> You're warming <laughs> up with four kids. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Ashley? You came from a smaller family. It was you and your sister. Um, and now your, our family has expanded to, to more than just two kids. How are you feeling with, with this change and, and with this expansion? Um, you know, I, I mean, it feels really good. It just, at this point, it just feels really natural. I mean, not going to lie. It was kind of scary at first thinking of having that many kids. And in the beginning, um, you know, I mean, I remember when we got married and I was like, well, two kids, cause that's what I came from. I had my mom, my dad, my sister and my grandparents. There were no cousins. There were no nieces and nephews. It, we were just a very small family. So you kind of go with what you know, you know, essentially. And, you know, with, you know, the first child is obviously it gets, you kind of get nervous about it and scared. Am I going to do this right? And then. I would say the most difficult was bringing the second into it because then you have the guilt of or, um, splitting my attention and am I giving enough attention? And then by the time the third one came, I'm like, well, you are already used to splitting my attention. So here we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> just part of, more, more of the same. More of the same. And then by the fourth, like, you know, we just really felt like just here we are and we're rolling with it. And, and, you know, it feels like with each new addition, there's that, for me personally, a less level of stress. Um, and you just really open yourself up to really the, the more feeling of, of love and, and community within the family. Well, let me ask you this though, because obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't know this is interesting because we don't always with having multiple kids, this is a uh, a rarity that we get to sit and talk <laughs> without interruption, you know, without somebody doing something or telling them to put something down or, or asking them just just not uh, uh, not be so rambunctious, uh, which is obviously a sign of healthy kids or happy and healthy and rambunctious around the house. But what's it been like for you as a mom, you know, from, from a mom's perspective? Now you have four kids that you're responsible for. Um, what's your feeling on that? How's, how's that been for you? For me, it, I mean, it's it's a good feeling, obviously, an overwhelming feeling in a way, because with every additional child, it's an additional spiritual responsibility as well um, to make sure that we are raising each child the way that God needs us to raise them. Um, so to make sure that we give them that attention, um, you know, and and it can feel at home wonderful. And sometimes in the world, it can feel a little daunting, you know, because a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Sure, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and that happens. There's no question about that. Um, even even for myself in the medical world, you know, we talk to different doctors, and and everybody's got different opinions. I mean, we were lucky uh, in that we've met people who also have large families. In fact, much larger families than mm -hmm. us. Uh, you know, as we're going, as we're building our family, sometimes. Uh, people find out you have a fourth kid and they give you the side eye, right? Yes. And they say, well, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, you can prevent that. There's mm -hmm. ways to do it. You know, it can be really condescending and, and really upsetting 
um, especially for families who want to keep their uh, follow the Catholic faith. When you know you're using natural family planning, and you actually want kids, it's not like a lot of people think. Uh, Gosh, did you make a mistake? Was this a mistake? And I would hate to think of one of our children as a mistake. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, we we actually planned this. We we wanted to have a big family. It's really odd to people, but. One of the stories that we wanted to share with our viewers is that, you know, if you're feeling lonely out there and if you want to have large families, you're not alone, actually. We just kind of don't talk about it much because of the different things in society yes. we talk about. Yes. But tell us a little bit, Ashley. We met we met a very nice lady, and she actually had a larger family. What do you remember about that conversation? Um, well, I remember she she was just so open and kind in discussing her larger family. And what I realized is, she had a lot of self-confidence in her decisions with I, her family. Not to interrupt, but she had, I think she had seven kids, right? Seven kids. Seven mm-hmm. kids, yeah, yeah. And so, and how did, what was your impression of her as she was telling us? Well, I first, I was very envious because she, <laughs> because she was, Why were you envious? she was able to say, I have seven children and didn't care if I were to come back with, oh, that's a lot or, oh my goodness, how do you handle that or, how can you prevent that? Or, you know. No, yeah, she was very confident. She was her, very her confident. She was Catholic, right? Yes, So she was yes. a very practicing Catholic. And she was very confident in, her, in her approach to it. And, and mm-hmm. so what was, and what else happened? And, you know, it was just so, it was so nice to hear her talk about, well, you know, we're Catholic. And we enjoy our children. We enjoy our family. We enjoy expanding our family. And, and hearing her talk about the different age ranges in her children and how, even though there are already seven of them, the children are asking for more. You yeah. know, they want another younger sister, younger brother, you know, and it's so refreshing to hear um, somebody, in, in my opinion, speak so openly and confidently about their faith and their family choices. And at the time she was telling us, um, I don't know if she was aware that we were Catholic and that, you know, we thought large families were great or you know she was just so confident in in her faith and her her trust in god and that was very refreshing to hear yeah no it was really good you know it was very interesting because she was very that's one thing that i will take away from i totally agree that she was totally confident in just saying you know yeah of course you know i have i have seven kids and and, and there was no pause there was no sense of well, am I going to get judged or not? She's like, that's just how it is. And and you're right. It, it's really nice when we can share our faith like that. I don't know if she knew that we were Catholic and she felt more comfortable with that because you got her medals on or I have something, you know, I have my crucifix with me or something along those lines. So she might have felt comfortable in that situation. And, and that's always really nice to hear um, because obviously as we're growing our family, um, you, you never know. People say, oh, have you stopped? Have, you know, are you going to have more? And I say, I have no idea because we just have four and I'm getting used to mm-hmm. having four. We'll see what God has for us in the future. I think one thing that we forget a lot of the times is that children are a gift from God. Yes. You know, And later on in the show, we're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, Bible verses that talk about families and what God, the way God has ordained uh, our lives and what his plan is for us. But they are a gift from God, and and in society, it's very easy to see them as a burden Mm -hmm. or as a check mark. You know, a lot of people say, no, I already had my two kids, so check, check, and and I'm done. I think with every kid we've had, it's just kind of brought more joy into the family. Like I said, it hasn't expanded that love. I guess it hasn't. It hasn't. It's hard to explain Mm -hmm. if somebody hasn't experienced that, but it seems like the love won't end, and we're just adding somebody else into this pool of love while they each retain their own individuality. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? No, I absolutely agree. And I feel like it's um, something that can be challenging for a lot of people of faith, too, because 
sometimes you encounter people who are of the same faith but don't feel that you should be expanding um, your family. And so sometimes that can be challenging when you're saying, well, no, you know, we're Catholic and we, you know, we, we welcome, you know, if God gives us five, then God gives us five. Or, you know, if God, if God gives us two, God gives us two, you know, when you say, you know, I'm kind of leaving it to God. And then it, it can be challenging when they, when people of the faith even say, well, you know, there's ways to control the number that you have and, and different things like that. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because you would think, right, like within our Catholic circles, like you can't even, when people say that they're Catholic nowadays, you don't even exactly know what they mean. I mean, sometimes people say I'm Catholic, but there's always that but. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're going to be Catholic, there's no but. You know, it's like I'm Catholic, so we should all understand what that means. But ultimately, I think what people really mean by that is I was baptized Catholic, and then the but tells me, but I don't follow the faith anymore. So anything that comes after that, you for the most part, is like, well, I don't follow the faith. Or I, I can appreciate some people will say, you know, I'm Catholic, but I struggle with this, or I'm trying to, to, to figure this out, you know, heading down the right path. I do believe in the magisterium. I do believe this is the truth. But it's interesting to see that, that even as, as Catholics, even within our own our own parishes, our own church, our own uh, um, Catholic schools or whatnot, we talk to other parents, and all of a sudden we come to find out that we're not all on the same page, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things about this lady as well was that even though she had seven kids, she was open to more. Yes, you know, She was absolutely. saying that, you know, and her kids, one thing that I took from that, which I thought was really interesting, well, not only was she open to more, but her oldest kids were in her in their 20s. I believe Obviously, so. they, uh, they, they, they know... Um, about families, they've grown up in a family. They know that uh, uh, about uh, intimacy and about relationships. And they're, mm-hmm. by the time they're twenty years old, and it, she she said they didn't really have any qualms about mom and dad having more kids. Yeah, right. And I think that that was such a healthy attitude. I think it was a, a great attitude that it, nothing was hidden in terms of this is what marriage life is, and this is the wonderful thing that God gave us, mm-hmm. the, the gift of spirituality and sexuality and intimacy within a marriage context. And it seemed like it was just natural for the kids uh, to experience that. And I think in, it's going to affect their own lives as they're coming into their 20s trying to make good decisions. If they see mom and dad modeling that behavior that, wow, mom and dad are still intimate, but within the Catholic framework, that means something for my life. I think that that's part of us being examples for our kids too. What do you think? Absolutely, because today in society, sometimes we are we lose focus on what actually is the end product of intimacy and what can come from that. And so to be able to show your children that yes this is part of a loving marriage intimacy is is part of a loving marriage and the consequence from it is not a bad thing you know the natural the natural order of things and what can come from intimacy a child it's a blessing it's not a problem it's not something that needs to be stopped or gotten rid of or you know, treat it as an intrusion, but it's all a very natural part of God's plan and, and what he intends. And, you know, and God's plan is, as we say, is different for everybody. Some, some are never, you know, don't have the ability to have children and some have 12 children, you know, and I mean, we don't know what God's plan is for everybody. And that's perfectly okay where everybody's family is, but to be able to show your family that this is the actual plan that God has for us is a, a loving, intimate relationship. And then what can come from that as children is, is so nice to pass on to your own children. So you respect 
not only the intimacy within the marriage, but also the product from it as well. It's interesting that you mentioned that because in, in society, you're right, we, they use that word of there's a consequence. Yes. You know, they see the child as a consequence. And consequence is what we use when we want to discipline our yes. children. <laughs> it's like if you're doing something wrong, you're going to get a consequence. You know, your actions, your, there's, there's action and reaction. And if you're, if you're not behaving, if you're getting upset with your sister, if you're fighting, if you're punching each other, if you're yelling and, you know, taking things, you know, we, we have rules in the house that we follow. And if you're not doing the right thing, Things, you're going to get a consequence is what mm-hmm. we tell them, right? So it's not a punishment. It's just there's a consequence to your actions. And it's interesting that in society, a lot of times we see children or large families as a consequence mm-hmm. or something negative because all of a sudden you weren't responsible, right? They, a lot of times people see birth control and all these things as your responsibility. Now you're mm-hmm. being a responsible couple without the idea that, well, maybe they don't, they don't see it as a consequence. We don't see it as a consequence. We see it as, I see children as a gift, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a natural end to something that God already put in place. There's a scripture reading that I have here in front of me right now um, that says it's from Proverbs 17, chapter 17, verse 6. And it says, children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. Look at the word that we use here in the Bible in the book of Proverbs of all things. I always see the Proverbs as a book of a lot of wisdom. You know, we use the words crown. We use the words pride. Nowhere there in there does it say consequence. All to me, it sounds like blessing and rejoicing. We'll talk more about what the Bible says. We'll talk more about what society says when we come back from the break. Um, and keep on listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be back soon. And welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. And today, my special guest, my lo- lovely wife, Ashley. Um, as always, to our listeners, I want to say, uh, give a big hello, a big shout out. Um, I know that you guys are listening from all over the world. I was telling my wife that I was so impressed that um, when I got to do a live show and I was able to uh, do the chat. And we had listeners from Australia. We had listeners from across the U.S. and New Jersey. We had listeners um, from India actually. So from all different countries that are listening to us, one thing that I love about that and seeing where our listeners are are, are calling from or, or listening from um, is that it reminds me that we are one big Catholic family. You know, it, it, we're united in our faith, regardless of how far away people might feel or it might seem that they are. Um, you know, if somebody is praying for me in India, something's happening for me right here. And I think that that's one of the things about having a larger family, expanding the family, is that we realize that we're a growing family and that's going to affect other people around us. What do you think, Ash? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it is it is about us as a family, but it's really about the whole church family and it's about our whole extended families as well. Our relatives, our, you know, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, you know, everybody that it takes to raise the children in the faith. Yeah, because it's interesting to see how one addition to the family affects everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. I mean, I'm, I'm always talking about the communion of saints and how I ask you to pray for me because I know that if you pray for me, no matter where you are in this world, in the universe for that matter, you're going to affect my life here and now in a very real way. And if I'm praying for you, it's going to happen in the same way. And on a smaller scale, not such a universal scale, but a smaller, more nuclear scale, I see how obviously bringing in a new son has affected our family in a very positive way. The girls are excited. We're excited. We're getting to know this brand new person, this brand new little guy who's in the house. And, um, you know, we're trying to see what his little quirks are and what he likes to do. But it's interesting to see how 
uh, this brings so much joy and youthfulness actually to the grandparents, mm-hmm. right? I think, that, I think that there's a blessing for the grandparents there. I had just read a quote from the book of Proverbs that says, children's children, in other words, grandchildren, are a crown to the aged and parents are a pride of their children. I think that we forget that there is a spiritual connection, not just between you and I as a couple, because obviously we're a covenant now, right? We're, we're a sacrament, mm-hmm. we're a couple. So you and I are a living sign of Jesus if we want to take that responsibility on. Mm-hmm. But then also, I think that, that we're, we're all connected spiritually within our families because I see how now how I have to be an example for our kids, right? Absolutely. And I wonder if that's how our parents felt about us mm-hmm. and about how the grandparents now feel about the grandchildren. And it just seems to kind of bring life to everybody. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Have you seen that? Absolutely. I mean, you always hear that the birth of a child will, you know, it renews the the grandparents that, you know, they feel youthful again, they feel important, needed. I mean, you know, there's so many, so many things. And I think it can also help bring um, extended family even back to the church as well, because, you know, you see how People could maybe say, oh, you know, it's not important to me. I've drifted away. But then you see this new life. And, and why, do, you know, you hear a lot of times the, the grandparents say to the kids, it's important to me that they're baptized. Right. It's important to me that they're baptized. And, you know, it, it really renews everybody's faith all over again. Because I know if we had said we're not getting our kids baptized, I think both of our... <laughs> <laughs> the grandparents <laughs> might have had a say in Yes, that. yes. They, they might have, have said, had a couple words for us. Yes. And so, you know, I think it's... um. It's nice to see how everybody wants to come together to to do what's right for this child is spiritually and, of course, you know, physically, um, you know, making sure it's provided for in in those respects as well. But that's a great point because I think that it kind of it's a renewal, a reminder of what our faith is, because if you think about it, we have a child. If we were to tell our our parents or the grandparents, if we were to say, you know, we kind of decided we're, we're not going to baptize this child. We're going to let them decide when they're older mm-hmm. um, what what they want to be in or, or if they want to be baptized, what religion they might want to follow, what faith they, you know, if we were to say that, why do you think it causes such a ruckus? Yeah. You know, like if we, if we stop to think about it, why cause such a ruckus? Because all of a sudden it reminds us of what is most important. It's like, if nothing else, you have to baptize this child. Well, why? What does baptism even mean? What What's mm-hmm. the purpose? Well, if you don't baptize them, uh, all of a sudden people don't know what to say, or they might know what to say, depending on how much they practice their faith, but it makes them think. I remember I used to work uh, at the office of a church here uh, in the Diocese of Orange, and I remember when parents would come in sometimes and they'd want baptism for their, for their kids, and they would ask for baptism, and part of it was that they had to go to classes, right? And one of the questions in the classes was, why do you want your child baptized? And it was a very important question, especially for uh, people who had fallen away from the church or who had not been going to church or anything along those lines, because then the question would come up. I remember we had a priest who would, who would start to ask them, well, if you don't follow the faith, why do you want your child to follow this faith? Why is that so? If the faith isn't important to you, why should it be important to to baptize your child or bring them into a faith that you have so many problems with because you get the interesting answers. Oh, because, you know, I don't like this priest. He did some bad things with children or I don't like this or I don't like that about, but yet in spite of all that, in spite of the failings, you still want your child baptized. I think, you know, having the new child, having the grandparents talk about the sacraments, having the aunts and uncles, making sure that they're baptized and get their sacraments. It reminds us that the sacraments are more important than any of our human failings, whether we be doctors or priests or anything like that. We are human, and I think it's a renewal for the faith, um, for the extended family as well. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, 
It's it's very interesting because you do you have people who have fallen away from the faith, as you said, that really want the kids baptized, and then then the the parents of the child can even say, but you never really raised us going to church. Why is it that important? And then you hear, but we baptized you. Sure. And so then you go back to, okay, well then what is what is the purpose of all of this? And it's like, well, if the baptism's that important, then so is every other step of the way. Right. You so know, it, if it brings you, it back to the base. Absolutely. And sometimes it can renew that whole um, spiritual side of people and have people go back to church because you want to set a good example. It's interesting too, because all of a sudden you might have fallen away cousins <clears throat> or people who might not, you might not be part of your life on a daily basis, uh, maybe even just friends, they even don't even have to be family. But if you invite them to the baptism and if they've been Catholic and maybe not following the faith, they show up for the sacraments and I bet you the Holy Spirit's working in them at that mm-hmm. moment. Absolutely. A little bit of something, you're back in church, you're, you're seeing the sacraments, I bet you there's at least a little bit of a nudging of, hey, you gotta get back to the faith, you gotta get back to, to what you're doing. So I think in a way, having a new kid affects not just the immediate family, but it really is God bringing new hope and life into the world for a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, you see a new baby, whether it's part of your family or anybody's family, and there is something so delicate and innocent. And that's why I think the first thought is get this child protected, get this child, keep this child safe. And I think the the first instinct is, you know, keep it cloaked and protected in Christ, get it baptized. So when you do that, why why fall away after that? Yeah, it's a good point, you know, and, and then it kind of renews, every time it renews my uh, responsibility mm-hmm. as a dad that I have to be a good example. Interesting too, I don't know uh, how it is for you, but um, it's a little different now that it's a boy. I mean, for me, because we've had three girls, I've gotten used to having three girls, and I know what it means to, well, I'm learning every day what it means <laughs> to be a dad to three girls. Can't say I know, I would say I, I know that is my experience. Hopefully I'm getting better at it every day. Uh, far from perfect, obviously, but working on it and, and trying to, to be there for them as a dad to girls. And now I have to learn, wait a minute, what does it mean to be a dad, an example in the Catholic faith to a boy? Um, You know, being the man of the house, being the the head of the family, how do I do that? Um, And making sure that he learns how to respect um, women, making sure that he learns how to find his role as a potential Mm -hmm. future head of a household. Um, What's your experience? I've never talked to you about that. What's your experience in terms of, you know, how do you feel about being a mom to girls versus now a son? And granted, it's all new, but... But any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, just like you said, with each each child is unique, you know, in their own right. So it's it's learning from the beginning, all over again, you know, as it comes with any child. But there's definitely something to be said, um, you know, about what is the the difference because there is a difference in boys and girls, and 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 the expectation in a family of you know the the male role in the family and the female role in the family, and so. There's something that, for me, it's um, a little more of a reflection of, you know, how am I going to show him um, what, it, you know, what it's like to be in a leading role of the family? Like, how am I going to nurture him to to get him to that position? Because with, with our daughters, um, you know, it's my example, you know, and it's it's example of, you know, both of us showing them, you know, what a family is. And so this is different um, this time around. And, and I think it'll it'll take, um, you know, a little learning and things. Yeah. But. but I think, you know, honestly, hands down to me, it's really eye opening in the way that this is where, you know, the way God set it up with a mother and a father, because what I realize is 
if I feel that this that the responsibility of being an example is just my own, that's a heavy burden. Mm -hmm. But this is where it's wonderful that in a way I get to share it with you. I get to share that burden with you or that responsibility. And it doesn't become a burden anymore because uh, you know, we we take the time to step aside and talk and say, hey, how, how are the kids doing? What do you think about this? What should we do about that? And it really takes two minds. I mean, you bring obviously the feminine side, the motherly side. I bring the, the fatherly side to, to the conversation and the way we, we raise the kids. And I remember thinking um, in a way uh, for the girls, I always thought, if I want them to know how to be treated in society by a man, by somebody that they potentially want to be married to, I better show that example by the way I treat you. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes we take life for granted and we just kind of forget to say the thank yous or I love yous or, or things like that, even in front of the kids. But, uh, you know, I, I really honed in on that and I realized I want the girls to know how to be, how to, uh, be treated or what to expect, how, how to feel respected in society. So I better model that behavior with you. I think that that's so important. That's why mm -hmm. a mom and a dad being in, in, as, as the heads of the household, God set it up this way and it's not no accident. Mm -hmm. I think it's do we use these tools. I would say for our son now, I think I have to model in the same way because I want to teach him how to be respectful and how to be a man in society. So I don't think it changes. I think I still have to model how, how, <laughs> how to treat you and how to respect women mm -hmm. so that the girls see how to be, how to be respected and how, and then he sees how to incorporate that into his life as he relates to people. Yeah, no, but I mean, it definitely, it takes the team to do it. Um, because if, if you're lacking completely in, um, you know, the mother or the father, um, sometimes it can be challenging to show the child what you want them to see and what you want them to have in the future as far as um, a healthy marriage or healthy relationship. And so it's not impossible, but it can be a challenge if you're lacking, um, you know, a, a parental figure on either side. And so I think it's, um, you know, it's important that when you do have a marriage and you're raising children of either gender in the marriage, that you work together to show them how to Absolutely. have a family. So important. When we come back from the break, we want to look through and see what does the Bible say about families and kids and grandparents. Maybe pick a few verses and share those with you and see what your thoughts are. More to come after the break. All right. Well, welcome back to the clinic here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show and my special guest today, my wife, Ashley. Um, for those of you who've been listening to us or who are just joining us, thank you for joining us. Today we're talking about families, what it means to be family in a Catholic world, and really trying to get actually my wife's perspective, since we don't get much of a chance to talk without interruptions, on her thoughts on being a mom and, and adding a fourth child to our families. You know, we were talking, uh, Ashley, a little bit before the break here um, about different things going on in society, different families, different families' dynamics, and how blessed we are really to be able to provide our kids with a household with a mom and a dad. And not everybody has that blessing. You know, there's different situations that come up, different uh, um, uh, family dynamics, different things that happen in society where all of a sudden you find yourself with a single parent, um, and whether it be a mom or a dad. And what would you say to those families, to those Catholic uh, uh, families of ours that find themselves in that situation? I mean, I would definitely say, you know, it, it can be challenging at times, but um, you know, God has a, a plan in life for everybody. And, you know, to be a parent raising your child in any situation is, um, you know, something that God asks us to do. Um, and so I think it's important at that point, if you can, to um, rely on extended family, like we were talking about earlier, um, to help with, um, 
you know, instilling the spiritual guidance and, and everything, you know, in the child. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's one of the, you know, we have that saying, it takes a village to raise a mm-hmm. child. And I think that that's so true because what I realize is even as a parent, there's things that I'm not going to be able to provide to my children because I'm their parent. And so they're going to hear me as a parent. If I tell my kids, hey, it's cold outside, you might want to put on a coat. They're mm-hmm. going to say, ah, eh, whatever, I can handle it. But boy, if their cousin comes over, their friend comes over, or their aunt comes over, or, you know, grandma's there and they say, you know, it might be a little bit chilly outside. Oh, okay. You know, and you're like, I just told you that. <laughs> what, how did that change? You know, it's the same temperature outside than it was two seconds ago. But, um, you know, p- different kids are going to listen to different people in different ways. And so even if you do find yourself in a situation where you're a one parent household, I think that that's where if you do have extended family, it's great because you got to remember kids are going to find their role models and uh, Mm -hmm. people they look up to, even among your relatives. If you don't have a large extended family, then maybe you can find your church family. You know, if you find a good Catholic parish uh, with people who have share your same values, um, a lot of times you're going to find a lot of support groups there or different people who will, uh, um, really be there for you, especially in times of need, because it's not easy. And so it's great to turn to our Catholic faith. And so that's one of the things that we want to talk about on the show, too, as we're closing here in our last segment, is what does the Bible tell us, you know? Because we can talk about it as Catholics, we can talk about our experience in society, but we always go back to the Bible, our faith, the catechism, and what kind of verses are there in the Bible that might inspire us or help remind us that God really want, does want us to have a family, a large family, and that it's good. So Ashley, do you have any verses there that you think are, are good or that speak to you in terms of being a family and having kids? Well, I ha- there's one uh, from Proverbs uh, chapter 22, verse 6 that I like, and it says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And I like that one because it's it's a reminder to me for that if we all work, you know, through have God work through us to instill the proper values in our children, that when they reach challenging times, and, you know, I consider those to be the teenage college years, um, you know, where the faith can really be tested, um, you know, with different societal I- ideologies and things like that, that they have that core that's always going to be pulling at them to come back. Um, and I feel like this just really speaks to me in the fact that, you know, in order for us to continue, um, showing God's love and, and true Catholicism, I mean, we, we need to have the children to, to spread, you know, the word and, and keep the religion strong. You know, it's funny because that's one thing that I, that I tell my parents whenever, uh, I counsel parents in the clinic or whatnot. And they say, Dr. Sandoval, what can I do about my kids? Because now they're getting older, they're getting rebellious, they're uh, yelling at me or they're not listening to me and I just don't know what to do. One of the things that I always tell parents is you can't go wrong with being a parent. So one of the things is as kids do get older, they get their own ideology, whether it be adolescence, early 20s, we start forming our own ideas as, as human beings. We actually are, what we're really doing spiritually is that we're trying to find God's will for us and, and our place in this world. And that can be a little bit conflicting because if we want to follow our faith, society might tell us something different. And all of a sudden, we're a little bit lost. We don't know what to follow. And what I tell parents is, you know, you can't go wrong with being a parent now because you're not going to see the fruits of your labor right now. But what you're doing is you're instilling little seeds into your kids. You're instilling little seeds into their mind that are going to be growing little by little. And after they pass this tumultuous time, even if they say, I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't believe in what the church teaches. That's not true. I saw this other thing. I was more interested in this other spirituality. As you get through that questioning period, 
when it comes down to it, like we were saying, you know, all of a sudden you have a family of your own, you want to baptize your children, and all of a sudden you want to go back to your roots. And why is that? I don't know, but something was planted in there. There's something in there that tells you, you know, I can be rebellious, I can I can start looking in my own way, but what do I want for my child? Well, what I want for my child is the truth. And at the end of the day, you look into your heart of that seed if those seeds have been planted and you ask yourself, What's the truth? Well, there's only one truth. You're gonna say, I gotta get back to the church that Jesus Christ founded that Jesus Christ himself founded and get them baptized which all of a sudden brings me back to that because now I have to be that example. So that's important to remember, you know, it, it is great. That's a great quote. Can you read that for us again? That's Absolutely. a great, that's a great uh, uh, Bible passage because uh, it reminds us that everything that you're doing right now, you might not see the fruits of it right now, but it'll come to fruition. Well, can you read that one more time? It said, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. It's Proverbs 22 verse six. And it's interesting because it doesn't mean, even though it says they will not turn from it, even when they're old, I don't think it doesn't mean that they're not going to challenge it or that they're not going to question it. I think we always question our faith, and I think that's good because a lot of times we'll have questions. If you go through any kind of Bible study or whatnot, we say, well, what does that mean? Because we want to analyze it. We want to get it right. And I think that that's really what that's telling us. Is there any other quote that you have there? Yes. Um, so uh, a good one is uh, Psalm 127, and it says, No doubt about it, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a divine reward. The children born when one is young are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. The person who fills a quiver full of them are truly, full of them is truly happy. They won't be ashamed when arguing with their enemies in the gate. Now, I really like that. I think we need to break that one down because that's got a lot to it. It's very dense. And I really like that one because it speaks a lot. Let me, let me borrow this mm-hmm. real quick. I want to see it. So the first part says, no doubt about it, children are a gift from the Lord. So all already off the bat, remember we talked about, is it a consequence of your actions? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful consequence because if you're using our, our intimacy and our sexuality as God intended, then we're going to end up with a, a wonderful gift. You know, so far we've had four of them. Um, and, and it really is a gift from the Lord. So if we start seeing it with the eyes of faith, no child's going to be abandoned. No child's going to be unwanted because every child's a gift. It's new hope in life. So that's the first part. Um, and then it says the fruit of the womb is a divine reward. So it's actually a reward. You know, we, we, sometimes we see it as, oh my goodness, what are we going to do is another one. And we forget to see this as, wow, God's rewarding us with more children with a larger family. What do you think about just those two uh, initial verses there? Well, I mean, I think it's 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 true that sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves and our our physical fears of financial stability and you know what what are what society going to think and things like that or oh my gosh this wasn't the right time we weren't planning on having another one now or another one at all or you know depending how you look at it that we really do forget that it is a gift every single time and it is is a reward and you know i mean i can speak from personal experience that i've been surprised (laughs) (laughs) how have you been surprised tell us tell us how you've been surprised you know um or thinking you know well maybe you know right now might not be the best time that shoot i was hoping it would be six months or you know a year from now before you know another one or something like that and and in those initial fears, you know, you forget to really sit there and say, well, this is what God has planned for the time. He, he planned it now. He didn't plan it six months, you know. I mean, what is that? Um, I think there's a, a quote or a phrase, something about when, when we, we make plans and God laughs or something sure, like right? that. Sure, right, because ultimately <laughs> God knows best. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and best. so those, what can start off is fear, worry, confusion, anxiety, really 
when you see it through to the end, you know, and, and they place the baby in your arms that first time, it's all of a sudden, all of that fear, anxiety and everything goes away. And, and it's just, wow, that truly is the best gift and the best reward for putting your faith in God. You know, he will let you know when, when it's time. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, that's great. And, and it really comes down to faith, right? So letting it be in God's time and understanding that, oh, God maybe had a little bit of a different plan. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part of this, it really speaks to me. Um, the children born when one, when one is young are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. The person who fills a quiver full of them is truly happy. They won't be ashamed when arguing with their enemies in the gate. You know, it's interesting there because, as you know, working the deliverance team and whatnot, we're always looking at, at things from a perspective of black and white. You know, what belongs to the kingdom of God? What belongs to the kingdom of darkness? And this passage here, if we read the part where it says that your young are like arrows in the hands of a warrior, why do we have this military language all of a sudden? I always pay attention to that in deliverance ministry because we really equate deliverance and making it to heaven and fighting off any evil spirits or anything that's not of God from a militaristic approach. And if you notice something, a lot of times people will, you know, anybody who's coming and and if they feel like they're being spiritually afflicted, they're looking for a very powerful way to to fight this. And they say, what do I got to do? Do I have to bulk up? Do I have to fight it from, you know, um, do I have to uh, punch something? Do I have to do something? Do I have to mix something? What do I have to do physically? And what this is telling me is that we forget God is already setting up the fight for us and God's already giving us the weapons. So we can't underestimate the fact that but we always talk about receiving the sacraments, confession, right? We want to go to confession. We want to receive the sacrament of the Eucharist. But then all of a sudden we forget that our marriage is a sacrament and our marriage is actually a huge weapon. Mm-hmm. And what is it part of our marriage that's a huge weapon is having more children. God said be fruitful, multiply. And having more children is actually arrows in the hand of a warrior. We got to remember that if we're taking it with the eyes of faith, just like you were saying, because it's interesting that you're saying that with this passage, you know, you don't understand what's going on. But having a new child, adding a new child to the faith, to the Catholic faith, boy, I wonder what that does for the kingdom of darkness. Bringing in this innocence, getting them baptized, adding another warrior. You know, I'm adding, it says I'm adding arrows. I'm the warrior adding arrows, but they're going to be doing the same thing, right? And so we're adding multiple warriors to this fight of our Catholic faith. What do you think? No, absolutely, because when when you look at, you know, obviously what is the, the opposite of bringing a child in and, you know, abortion, right? that's uh that goes towards the kingdom of darkness because god god wants us to bring in more more babies who are going to be raised in the faith and have more of their own babies so we can keep the church going um, and teaching our young you know what they're supposed to be doing and 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 what we forget is you know prayer is is a is a battle you know, I mean, you hear the term, there's prayer warriors out there, right? Who they sure. pray for people. They pray, they pray, they pray. And so we don't see our our weapons as physical weapons. You know, they're not guns and knives, but our weapons are more powerful than that. And what a wonderful blessing. You know, the families building the kingdom of God is really the bottom line. We're adding to the kingdom of light. Every new child, every new addition to a family is a new warrior for God. And we, I think we need to remember that in society, especially when we get conflicting views, when we get people saying, oh, I don't know, uh, you know, why are you having more kids? Personally, I'm so happy, you know, having bringing the fourth edition. I'm glad that, you know, we're married, that we have this family, that we're adding to it. And honestly, I think it helps us with the eyes of faith that we're building the kingdom of God, you know. And I hope that our listeners, uh, I hope this was a good show for our listeners. Anybody out there who's wondering about that, keep having families, keep getting together, keep following our faith. 
Uh, we'll see you next week at the clinic. And as always, let us know what your thoughts are, uh, anything that you want to hear on the show. Until then, God bless you, and we'll see you next week.